We are raw and real Western women who have endured the fires of life. And though we carry the brands of our trials, we are learning how to satisfy our thirst with the well water that comes from the only one that can truly satisfy, Jesus. Journey with us as we explore an unlimited range of topics. We will discuss our personal experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, along our beautiful journeys to the well, and so much more. Water up! Okay, so we're going to be talking about stepping out of our comfort zones and kind of what that's like and how it is in like a group setting. It says comfort zones. We all have them, even though we might not want to admit it. Naturally, we tend to gravitate toward place, situations, or people that we feel safe around. Maybe you're comfortable in your day-to-day routine. But yeah, and it's Joshua. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Um, why do you think people aren't willing to step out of their comfort zones? Like, what are, what are some things that y'all think? Like you think it's like fear of rejection, fear of the unknown, knowing how it's going to end up, whether it's good or bad. What about you? Oh, my fear of rejection. Fear of people not liking what I'm going to do or it bringing just an overall like negative air. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) So, and I think with rejection, it comes with like conflict you're worried about obviously what people are thinking but then like the conflict that comes with it you know who's going to post this or you know who's going to have this back and it obviously turns into lord knows what or even if it's people that you knew in the past that will hold on to who you were back then and not understanding where you've come from and they're very quick to judge or say something negative about it yeah the people that don't know you as you grow oh so-and-so would never do that yeah. yeah, this is who they used to be, you know, mm-hmm. and then they constantly bring that back up. I think you had instances whenever um, just come out and started preaching, right? Yeah, I think that's a hard thing whenever, especially whenever you live kind of a more carefree lifestyle and then you try to dial it in and actually live for the Lord, that people will hold on to who you were. And a lot of times people don't see that slow transition into that walk all of mm-hmm. a sudden you see someone standing on pulpit starting to preach mm-hmm. and they don't understand well you weren't like that yeah how'd a you while get back, there is this real and a lot of people don't understand that that's real a lot of people won't accept the new you either no like they won't they won't let you it's almost like if they didn't see the steps they can't visualize the process so it's like well that can't be yeah because yeah. that's not the, the person that i know yeah well, i feel like a lot of people will go good for a month or two with the change or whatever they're doing and then they'll fizzle out and I feel like that's where a lot of people get their skepticism when it's concerning people changing you know yeah. like they don't feel like it's gonna last it's like going to church like for several months in a <coughs> row and all of a sudden you stop and like going back to who you used to be mm-hmm. and I think that's where the hypocrite stuff comes into mm-hmm. oh you said you're this but now you're over here doing this so yeah. it's hard stepping out and yeah I think another one is judgment of motive too because you may take action to do something and people are automatically going to judge why you're doing that or think that you have an ulterior motive behind you know what's actually your honest motive mm-hmm. yeah. but when you step out of your comfort zone it has to be for you and for nobody else 
and your motive should only matter to you. What other people think or the why behind it is nobody else's business. Because a lot of times they won't understand the why because they're they're not in the same walk that you're in or they don't have the same desires as an end game that you do. And I think a lot of that comes into, like, the Holy Spirit speaks to everybody differently. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, I may hear in my head, you know, hey, I want you to go do this. But you stand up and you tell somebody, well, he just told me. He told me up here. I just know. I'm supposed to go do it. They just think you're crazy. You can't explain yourself. (laughs) I know it was the crazy one. He had to build an ark, right? And try to get people on. And yet he was the crazy one that had to step out of his comfort zone because he knew that that's where God was leading him to. That's right. Or if you think about Saul, for instance, you know how... He was there persecuting Christians, persecuting Christians, and then all of a sudden he's living for the Lord the next day. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine like the immediate hours. transition yes. there? And it's like, I don't know, I can't even imagine. I, can't I feel imagine. like God changes us a little slower, though. Like, it's little increments. Yes. And so I feel like a lot of people don't see the little increments that God changes you in. Yeah. And then, you know, it opens you up to a whole different thing. And then, you know, two months down the road, they're like, yeah. Who are you? What are you doing that for? You know? mm-hmm. And a lot of times you have to remove yourself from that, that mm-hmm. atmosphere because you know that you need to change. That's and so true. you can't continue to go out and party and hang out with the same friends. You've got to now redirect your path. So to them, you just disappeared and got quiet, where in reality you're working on yourself. Mm-hmm. I think comfort zone in itself is something that we've placed on ourselves. Like, I don't think God put a comfort zone on us. I think that's something that's like, that's a worldly view. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something you put on yourself because we're so worried about everybody else instead of what God has called you to do and how God thinks about you. We place everybody else's feelings towards us and it keeps us from doing the will of God because we let everybody else mm-hmm. voice their opinions and worry about that. Like, I think comfort zone is a worldly view. Yeah, it's almost like a filter. Yeah, and it's something that you just grow up with, and so a lot of people don't realize it. Like, hey, you've got to step out of yourself's way to change. You've got to actually dial back to yourself and your wants. Yep. Whereas the world's like, I want, I want, I need, I need, you know, never satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all self-focused. Yep. And the media. Giving up, uh, what is that? giving up your fleshly wants or, or whatever exactly. it is, like yeah. desires, yeah, your fleshly mm-hmm. desires for what God is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely going against worldly standards, you know, nobody wants good for us anymore, not just necessarily us, but like for yourselves in the world, like everybody's against everybody, it's like nobody can just be happy for someone, As we're sitting here doing this, there's going to be somebody out there that's saying, you know, like, oh, that's not going to last, this will just be for a minute, it's like there are automatically already speaking negativity into yeah why not be rooting other people on too i mean we should want everybody to do good not just ourselves it's like competition fear of competition you know whereas like there's many people who do podcasts and stuff like that and they're all great but it's like you come in here and try to start a new one it's like here it comes like well oh well this isn't gonna last this isn't you know yeah or you know like the industry as a whole should be like rooting you on and yes. being like, yeah, go on with it. Like, good luck, good job. I hope it succeeds and does good. Mm-hmm. But instead, just the natural kind of like view that's taken is, oh, well, you yeah. know, what you said, it won't last. It'll crash and burn. It'll this, it'll that. Negativity. What can we do to 
let it go down to what can we do to put in front of it, what can we do to push it to the side to make it not as important as what we are doing. Yeah. I feel like that's a that's an every everyday struggle and everything mm -hmm. you see it. Mm -hmm. That it's stepping out of your comfort zone is harder than staying in it. Yep. And that's that's one of the many things that comes with it being hard is, you know, people rejecting you, people stepping out and saying the things like that and just the general being uncomfortable. It all like every point that we make, whether it be rejection, conflict, confrontation, whatever it may be, all goes back to the general like term of uncomfortable. All those things make us uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think comfort is easy. Easy is lazy. Lazy got friends upon. Yep. Mm -hmm. But easy is obviously a nice place to be <laughs> because you're not having to shift yourself. You're not having to worry. You know what to expect. It takes you out of your daily routine. Of yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Which if most people think about it, they, it's like if you sit there and self-reflect on your life, the only times that you're really... I don't know about anybody else, but the only times I'm really content is when I'm being pushed a little bit or learning something. Like, I really liked going through school and college and things because mm -hmm. it pushed me. Mm -hmm. And, like, I got out of college and I didn't pursue any other education or anything for a little bit. Like, I was still new in the job and all this stuff. And a lot of it, I don't know, I felt kind of just, ugh, because it wasn't, like, engaging it was just stagnant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people don't want to be in stuff like that because of fear of, well, I'm not smart enough or I feel stupid or, you know, like mm -hmm. I don't feel like, you know, if I go in here and I try to push myself, for instance, like classes or whatever, I'm not going to be smart enough. I'm not mm -hmm. going to, you know, be able to push on and do this. I don't know. That would be one thing that would stop me is the fear of feeling dumb in front of somebody. Mm -hmm. The negative uh -huh. things that the devil lies to you about. All the time. Yep. Yep. Making yeah. you feel like you are not capable of, even though God has equipped you with everything that you've needed. Yep. For sure. Okay, so <laughs> bullet point number two. Instances in which our group stepped out of our comfort zone. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that one time? <laughs> there was this one time after church. <laughs> Missy started it all. <laughs> are we talking about the singing? Oh, yeah. Decision. Virtual woo! I was screaming down and you were like, saying, I, I got told where I was supposed you to show up at. Yeah. <laughs> you were the one that was There was no decision it. here. <laughs> but we were sitting there and they were they were playing music at the women's talk and that song came on and for some reason I was like, We have to sing that song. Which one was it? Nothing. Uh, it was yeah, else. nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I just knew that we had to sing it. So here we are. And our, if I recall correctly, you said, we need to put action to this right now. <laughs> right now. And as we were driving home, I think we just pulled up to the house, right? Yep, we did. And we called Ron and said, we have to do this. We don't know why, but we have to do this. <laughs> yes. So y'all volunteered us all and then told us about <laughs> and it. And then told you. <laughs> you had to find out later. We I gotta... said no, Jill. I said no. And they overrode me. Like, they looked at me and was like, sit down. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. Like, I had no say. Go sit down over there. I tried to help. I did. <laughs> I, 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 I tried to 
Growth came of that because yeah. stepping out of your comfort zone brings growth. It does. Yes. It does. Even though it was something that we were totally like out of our ordinary, mm-hmm. like I would never. Would you do it again? No. Only <laughs> <laughs> just that one song. Just one time. <laughs> it was neat though. Like once we all kind of got on board with it, God kind of just took over everything like, with that one song. Now I don't know about the Mary Did You Know, but yeah. <laughs> the first one was great. Yes, yeah. I like the first one, but we sang it twice at church, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We did, wasn't it? Once in the morning and once in the evening. Yeah, I really feel like we sang it twice. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't there on the second one. I yeah. was out of town. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like God has jokes, even though like I know that was meant to be, but like He knows we none of us are singers besides like Sarah, and it's like okay, oh, no. bring us in and. Let's watch this just to see if you'll obey me. Well, and I think it helped our group too because then we we had a struggle together because yeah. I think all of us knew that we needed to but didn't full on just want to. It just kind of was That's like right. a, a period of obeying. Yeah. Which is odd to say that through just a song. Yeah. Well, it kind of shows how important it is to have a circle to lean on. Mm-hmm. You know, like our circle and the way we we support and lean on each other and we have each other's backs and that was something it was an instance where we were asked to do something we didn't feel comfortable with and we could do it together we weren't by ourselves we weren't you know where we had to shoulder it all on our own and i think it also highlighted some talents that you know we had to sing yeah so sarah could sing until that's yes my steering wheel gets a lot of it that's it it's like a big speaker it's okay not including just the singing like Sitting here right now doing a podcast is something that none of us would ever even remotely think about doing. And God has opened doors more than one way for us mm-hmm. to be able to come together and to sit here and do something that we never thought we were capable of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, this is a big deal. Like, this is not just something that's among us. It's going to be going out among thousands, millions, hopefully. You know, and I think this is like a big step. As a group, you know, it's not like we went out singly, but we've done this together, and God is moving this group to do big and mighty things. A really good example of the growth that stepping out of our comfort zones brought. Well, starting the group as um, initially just took a big step out of our comfort zone. That's yeah. the truth. Because we were all Knew suffering yeah. on our own little islands by ourselves. For years. Like, <laughs> <each> years <laughs> and years. Yeah. All knew each other. Like, I can't even tell you how many years that we knew each other and never just opened up to each other. We just sat there around the campfire hey. quiet. Like ships passing in the night. Hey, how are you? Yeah. Hello. Hey. Yeah. And it, the, the one thing that brought us all together was brokenness. Mm-hmm. And it all started with God handpicking each one of us to be part of a Bible study, to sit around the kitchen table and look at us now. Yeah. You know? We always hate on them husbands of ours, but man, look how they brought us together. Oh, yes. Yes. I can, <laughs> darn ranch. I know. <laughs> All part of the ranch and, you know, whatnot. So now we've found peace in letting a lot of things go. Speaking of husbands, we want to move towards that. Um, 
and speaking faith into action. Like we spoke, the Bible study into action was something that God laid on our hearts, and here we are, you know, what mm -hmm. the Bible study has turned into and the things we've overcome and grown together. And not just that, how much our families have grown, how much our husbands have grown, our children, and learning how to speak things over our family and our husbands and speak it into existence. So I think that's a big thing, stepping out of the comfort zone, because you always talk about or think to yourself what you want, but nobody's ever willing to put in the time to pray and accept and ask God and, and fully on believe it. And here we are sitting here. Yeah. And I think, too, knowing that to step out of the comfort zone, this proves that you don't have to do it alone. Right. Mm -hmm. there, there might be one other person or in mm -hmm. our case, you know, the four of us that can walk together. And a lot of times stepping out of your comfort zone, you feel like you're on a deserted <laughs> island. And that tends to shy people away from trying to step out of that comfort zone because mm -hmm. they don't want to be singled out and don't want to be there. So having that support system has been the biggest, I think, the, the biggest comfort and that support going feeling like nobody else has the same problems as you is one of the biggest things that kept me out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm the only one struggling with this. Like, if I voice this to anybody else, they're just going to look at me crazy, and, like, I know that they're not having these issues. Like, the shame of it. The shame yeah. of it. Yeah, being ashamed yeah. of your of your problems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think everybody puts on, like, this bright light that, oh, our life is perfect, and we juggle, like, a full-time job and kids everywhere, and, but everything is good, and mm -hmm. in reality, everybody's broken. Yeah, I think everybody carries a form of brokenness inside of them. Yeah. We all carry a different form. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah, for sure. And I feel like one of the things, the major things we learned with that first little book Bible study that we went through was just that hey, we can ask God for these. I don't know. Most people consider them like you know, like stupid little things. Like your your prayers don't have to be so dressed up and yeah. holiness and da 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 da. Like you can. Say, hey, Lord, I want this. I want this. And I don't know if it's right or wrong or what, but here it is. I want it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And putting it out there, I think, is just a challenge in itself. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. Being scared to pray for something. Or pray for this. I'm not, I'm not good enough to be able to receive this. Or why would God help this? You know, it seems so selfish. But if you bring everything and you put it before the Lord, His will will be the ultimatum anyways and it'll divert on the way if it's mm -hmm. not his will then it'll be kind of pushed out that's without yes well and a lot of times we think of something so um that in our mind is feasible or something obtainable but where god actually has in his will something greater beyond yeah. what we could ever imagine mm -hmm. if we would just hand it over to him and let him take hold mm -hmm. we have not because we ask not mm -hmm. yeah to ask for something. You remember at the women's event when Tracy Schreiber spoke and she was talking about how she prays and she was talking about how like she'll she'll pray but she's like thank you for doing this because mm -hmm. I already consider it done yep. because I, you know I've asked you for it and I know you're working on it I already consider it done thank mm -hmm. you for the completion of this like before it's even done and then she gave multiple counts of that and then how the resolution came not long after there's a lot of power in 
asking the Lord for something and speaking it into existence and then having full faith that he's going to provide that or better if he doesn't provide exactly what you're asking for. Because like you said, he may have something better. Mm -hmm. Or taking the action towards that. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like stepping out instead of just asking for it and expecting something to come. Like take the shovel up and start digging the hole. Can't forget to do the work. (laughs) We can't just ask the question. fall in front of us is what happens is, okay, I prayed for it. Now you just sit back and wait. It's like... God, please let me win the lottery, and you don't even play the lottery. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, how do you expect to win if you don't play? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, you know, you need to play the lottery, but it's like one of those examples. If you don't put in the work, how is he supposed to help you succeed, bless you, and, and you know, move you forward if you're just mm-hmm. going to sit there? Exactly. Back to the slothful and lazy. Yeah, slothful mm-hmm. and lazy. Get back there. Yeah. Put it in your back pocket. No. Right. <laughs> it is there. I know one of the... Um, Biggest things I think that I had a hard time asking God for was um, changes that I felt needed to be changed for my husband, or things that I wanted my husband to be. And so, like, um, after Charlena had talked with me, she was like, speak it into existence and go ahead and and thank him for it, kind of like you said Tracy <coughs> did. So, like, things like, uh, my man is a man of wisdom, my man is a man of knowledge you know he's a man of prosperity you know whatever you want to do and start speaking it over them and when people come up to you and talk to you about them like you go ahead and speak that to them too and so I just thought that that was like a big thing as well as speaking that over people you love not just over the things that you want but Mm -hmm. over the people you love too that's something that I need to work on like largely in our family both with Macy and Joel because I have a pretty bad tendency to be like filterless mm-hmm. and and like unknowingly or unintentionally say something like oh yeah this is going on today or oh yeah she's being this today or he's being this today and it and it's negativity based yeah. and it's not intentional but it's some it's like there's a retraining of the mind that needs to happen there where instead of saying that I can start speaking positive things that counter those negative things into existence mm-hmm. that's something i need to work on because it's like you start thinking it and then it comes out of your mouth to other people mm-hmm. and then like you start speaking these things to somebody else well then they automatically get the wrong you know view of this person it's like you've had one bad encounter with somebody and you tell somebody else and they automatically have negative feelings mm-hmm. against yeah. them yeah. for Instead, no reason yeah. no real reason no real mm-hmm. reason yeah so it's stuff like that and then like when you pray for something to change like you know i would change my husband, blah, 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 change this, da, 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 da. You've got to step back and let go and let God change it the way he wants to because it's normally not the direction you think it's going to go. Time. No, the it's time. always the time. time with you, the change. Yeah, you pray always. for change for your significant other, bet your sweet honey it's going to be you that changes before they do. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because he's getting you out of your comfort zone. Yep. It's got to start somewhere and it's the most <laughs> willing person. Got to be humble. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we've talked about taking the action, don't wait, make the move now. I think oftentimes we um, we wait and we let our minds get in the way and our thoughts, and then that leaves room for Satan to get in, and then you don't make the action, the move that God has asked you to do. You sit there and speak things. And well, smile. what if this, and what if that, Excuses. and yeah, and the lies take root. Mm-hmm. Just like if we hadn't called Ron right then that night sitting it there in that truck, we would have sat there and Jill would have been like, eh, and Katie would have been like, listen, no. <laughs> and then I would have been like, okay. and we would have been like, well, and then we wouldn't have done it. We did it because we did it right then. 
We put action into it. We wouldn't be sitting here today if we all decided not to go and be in the midst of the Bible study at yeah. the ranch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy for us to do immediate action for something that we material, like something that's material that we want. Say a new vehicle, like you can jump up and you can go get it right now. Mm-hmm. People tell you to sleep on it, but you get so anxious you don't, right? So you just end up going and buying whatever you want. But yet, on something that truly matters, why can't we be that? React, or why can't we just immediately jump and go to it full force? Right? We end up talking ourselves out of it, getting in our head. Mm-hmm. Where if, if we can do that for something materialistic, why can't we do that on something that we know that God's calling us to? Because it's a difference between a fleshly want and a spiritual yeah. want. The flesh automatically is like, Yes, and you go ahead and tell your flesh no, you can bet that it's going to be irritating you, it's going to go like it's going to eat you alive. Tapping you on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. But yet you have a spiritual want there, and it doesn't do that to you. Like if you decide not to do that, like it's an immediate shut off, and you just go back. That's right. At least it feels like to me. It's like the devil has you in the flesh. So, oh, they put this in front of you, and I'm going to eat you alive with it, where God's just sitting in the background, slightly nudging you. Hey, Mm -hmm. don't forget about this, you know. So I think I think those are big things. Is fight between the flesh and spiritual. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. where you decide to where to put the action and make the move. Do you yeah. want to do it fleshly or what God is calling you to do? You don't want to do what God's calling you to do because then that takes you out of your comfort zone, and then you have to get yeah. in front of people that you don't want to and sit here and talk like we're talking. And mm-hmm. yes, but the fleshly, the reward is right now, me, right yes. here. And it feels good and it looks yeah. good, yeah. and there it is, right there. But the spiritual reward. Is that there? <laughs> it's way up there. But it's so much the, better. The difference is, is that in that fleshly desire, like it, it also becomes unsatisfying so, so much fast. faster. Where on the spiritual realm, like you have longer to get it, but it sustains forever, right? Yeah. So it's we just want that immediate instead of being patient. And even like the spiritual rewards. Not even, you know, at the end in heaven, but just here on earth, the the reaping and the rewards of seeing the fruits of your labor when you step out in spiritual action, you know, like stepping out into the Bible study, stepping out, being active at church, stepping out into the podcast, like the fruits of those actions are so much more rewarding than stepping out into a fleshly want. Mm -hmm. Because the, the fruits of that are instantaneous and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is more of like a delayed gratification. Yes. Down the road that we may or may not see in this world. Yeah. yeah. That's true. I think that's what gets us right there. Is you can't have it right now. And which is like so true because we can get everything right now. We're on an Amazon time schedule, guys. <laughs> Two days shipping and yeah. it's here. Like, I don't <laughs> want to wait for anything anymore. Like, hmm drive anywhere to get whatever you want yep. that day. At your fingertips. Yeah. Except for Jill. Jill had to wait for her truck forever. Forever. So, bullet point number three. What is it like to step out and the result and feeling of it? So, my, my personal, and given this doesn't apply to everybody, this is specifically me, but it, it, did, it hasn't always been this way. I used to be nervous about stepping out of my comfort zone, like it would give me 
cold sweats. I didn't like the way it made me feel. I would get shaky in my hands. I didn't like it. And now I have been in enough situations where I've had to do that, whether it be public speaking or through horse sales or whatever it may be, that I've grown to be more comfortable with it when I get put into those positions. And there's like, there's something inside you, like when you get the butterflies, when you try something new, you know, and you have to like reach down and, and like grab it and pull it out and be like, I've got this. And you just, you almost put blinders on, you know, like tunnel vision and you just march right into it and hope for the best. <laughs> and once you get in the midst of whatever it is that you're doing, once you get started, once you pass go, it's easier. It's, it's more of like the lead up to whatever you're stepping into that gets you. Once you get started, it gets easy and then it gets fun and then you get comfortable and then you grow. And that's, that's what it's been for me. That's my, that's how it makes me feel when I try new things now, or when I'm asked to do things I'm not comfortable with, I try to look at it with a different perspective. Instead of that fear that used to reside, I look at it with cool. How do I get to grow this time? And it's, it's just a different perspective, but you got to figure out because each person's different internally, how to pull out that piece of you. That's like, take charge, <laughs> you know, it's like you're charging into battle. You just got to put the blinders on and run with it. First Peter four, 12, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as mm -hmm. though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of, the, of glory and of God rests upon you. I think uh, on the feeling of the stepping out, um, I would say I have like the same, the cold sweats, get nervous, like you immediately just like want to run away. Squeak. Yes, I did squeak. I did squeak. <laughs> I tried crying and then I squeaked, like I got two words in. It was a mighty powerful squeak. too whenever you do that you find out that a lot of people needed to hear what Absolutely. you were so nervous to give or what you were so nervous to do people needed that it people needed an example that and they're said. like oh my gosh I can't believe that you did that and it almost gives them hope in themselves that they can step out too mm -hmm. and it's almost like you're being a leader in that whenever you do finally just let go and let God and, and move forward um, for me, I, I'm kind of like you, you know, when you can finally reach down deep behind those butterflies, you kind of get a little bit of an adrenaline out of it. Yeah. That's and that's the fun part, right? That, yep. That's definitely the fun part for me. Um, but then afterwards, that confidence that you build in yourself, 
like you're like, okay, I could do that small little change and getting out of my comfort zone. I bet I can do the next one. And it starts actually growing you in a way that you are kind of proud of yourself. Because before you just sit back and it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. And you end up finding out that you're just stuck in your own head. You're not just letting it go and just letting it flow and becoming who you are meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing is that we hold it back from stepping out, but yet that's where our purpose is found. Sure. And you can't find your purpose until you step out and just let go of That is own. the truth. Yeah. If I had no idea about my purpose until we started all this. and I truly think it's people don't know who they truly are because they only know the worldly view of themselves. They don't know that there's a view of how God views you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's where you're stuck. Like, I've had this conversation <clears throat> multiple times with my husband. Like, you're a wonderful person, but you have no clue who your identity is in God. Like, how he sees you and how you should see yourself. Yes, you see yourself as this, but he sees you as a warrior. <clears throat> he sees you as a... a big-hearted person who can reach lives, but you don't see yourself like that because this is how the world views you, whatever that may be. You know, you're not just a horse trainer and somebody who um, cusses and drinks beer all the time. You know, you are somebody who, when you're asked upon, you will give them nothing but the truth. You're the one that's going to build them up before you even remotely think about tearing them down. You know, these are all how God sees you. He's placed you here for this specific purpose, but you've let the world get into that, and you can't fully see who you are and what your purpose is, mm-hmm. you know, when you go that direction. So I think I think the, the worldly view gets in the way of mm-hmm. us getting to our full purpose and who we are in God, not in the world's view. Yeah, I mm-hmm. would agree with that, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we grew up with so many instances where the devil does plant those thoughts even as little kids like that's where it starts and then by the time you're an adult you don't realize that hey i do have self-worth in god mm-hmm. and we don't realize that hey the devil's over here putting thoughts in us like you're no good you don't need to do that you know like he's trying to stop us cold in our whatever we're doing i mean it's just like as a new career um like, for example, coming in as, as the newbie, like in nursing, all the newbies love the nurses that will stop and be like, hey, it's all right. You got it. No big deal. Show you how to do it. And you remember those people for you know years to come. And then a few years down the road, you become that calm in the thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. Where sure. yeah. before, you know, you couldn't even step in that room. Yep. And so I think it's important that we, you know, pay attention to those people that make that kind of a difference so that way we can do that for somebody else down the road. And I feel like God places those people in our past. But if we let the thoughts the devil puts in our head get to us, I mean, it just stops us cold in our tracks Mm -hmm. and we can't continue. And I feel like it gets in the way of a lot of God's plans. Mm -hmm. I think social media. And he's got to kind of go around yeah. And use some other route to get it done instead. Whenever he might have, you know, had that plan for you. Yeah. We definitely get in our own way, for sure. Mm-hmm. And God's probably like, it was right there, and then we get to go 10 miles this way, and then you get to go through all this just to get back to where we were. And if you would have just calmed down and listened to me, mm-hmm. then yeah.
heard that still little small quiet voice <laughs> over the loud rumble of the lies because they are loud the, the worldly lies that we believe and i liked what you said they're planted in us from the time we are little bitty mm -hmm. worldly lies about things as as small as appearance and clothing and makeup mm -hmm. and I mean, those things, those lies are planted in us from the time we're tiny. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're so loud that they're deafening. Yes. And none of that is truly important. And by the time we get old enough to really do something about it or be used by God, we're so used to it, we think it's normal. Mm -hmm. Like somebody mm -hmm. else is always out there that's better. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a tactic to break people down instead of lifting people up society makes you think yes. that's how it is. That's true, but uh, perspective plays into that a lot too. Like if, if somebody can learn how to adjust their perspective, like adjusting your perspective from being nervous about stepping out of your comfort zone to what can I do with this opportunity? How can I grow? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, just being able to adjust your perspective from a worldly standpoint to a Christ-like one would, you know, make a big difference, I think in a lot of people's growth and ability to yeah. reach further. For instance, when you, when you were talking about the, the stepping out and whatnot, for some reason it popped in my head when we first started the Bible study. Okay, whenever we did that, we were brought there for a specific reason. And obviously that was from the brokenness and whatnot. But you have to be raw and you have to be real mm -hmm. in those points of view. That's something that you don't <laughs> want to be in the front of any like anybody that you're not comfortable with. You gotta bring your ugly to the table. Yes. And nobody wants <laughs> to show their ugly because of everything that the, the world Exactly. Yeah. So that's what's wrong now is nobody wants to be raw and real. We wanna be fake and we wanna, you know, make it look like everything's Just okay. Cover it up and tuck it in and exactly. Nobody knows how to be raw and real anymore. We've pushed that in, and now we're just giving us this worldly of, you know, oh, this is who I am, but it's really not when you're inside and you're, you know, whatever it may be. The world can't be raw and real with a bunch of fake people. If God's called you to be that, then you need to be that regardless of what you feel. I'm sorry, that just, like, sucked into my head. Whenever I loved it. Yeah. I was, like, I was hooked. <laughs> and I think all that starts with being honest with yourself. Yep. Because a lot of times we don't want to be honest with ourselves because once you lay it out, then you see the ugly. Mm -hmm. You see Or you may you may think it's ugly, but that's somebody else's saving grace. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. voice it and be like, Oh my gosh, like what you said that really opened the light to me. I've been struggling with this and that was the answer. Like we take our brokenness or our or stuff that's ugly as a bad thing when somebody out there is needing it. They're yeah. been praying for mm -hmm. it. It's just like yeah, let me lay it. Let me lay this out here. Yeah. Everybody uh, acts like it's a brand new thing, like yeah, but it's not. Read the Bible. There is so much ugly in there. There's a lot. So there's plenty of ugly in there. <laughs> you remember the night we did the tiki torches yes. in the front yard? Yeah. You remember at the end of that when he laid on your heart that we all needed to lay something down? Yep. We were all laying down a piece of our ugly. Exactly. I mean, it really was. Like, in mine, like, I, I've never forgotten that, and I still, like, I work on it every day laying mine down, and that has never gone to rest in my mind. Like, it comes back up probably daily, if not multiple times a day, but, and mine was perfection, and that's a, that's a worldly lie. 
And that's something I still struggle with to lay down every day in Macy and myself and the horses and in even the media for the mm-hmm. horses. Like it's, it's a big one, but that's a worldly lie. And that was all that night when we laid those things down. Those were all pieces of our brokenness mm-hmm. and parts of our journey that he was putting to rest. Mm-hmm. Control. I think being in control was mine. That is something that I um, struggle with daily. And matter of fact, me and Keegan just had a talk about that. I told him, I said, I constantly feel like I have to be out here because I have to be in control. And he said, but you don't. He was like, you're wasting all of your time that you're wanting to put into your book. And you're wanting to do this. He says, because you're out here thinking that you have to do everything. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. like, do the few horses that you do. Feed and water. He said, go do you. Like, I have this. It's under control. Like, I don't need you to control everything. And that's my biggest thing is I want to be in control because I want to, I want to make sure that it's done. Mm-hmm. But, man, that has held me so captive to feeling uh, rung down. It makes me hold resentment towards him because I feel like I have to constantly do anything, even though that's not it at all. So in my mind, that's how it is. Because you feel like if you don't do it, it's not going to be it's done. It's not going right. to be done. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or but in reality, that's not it at all. It will get done. It just won't get done how I want it to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Being able to let exactly. go of that perfection. Exactly. <laughs> but man, it like consumes your mind. And then yeah. like, you would think something like that, you know, just would consume your mind. But no, it brings in anger. It makes you, you know, speak out to your family, you know, in a way that doesn't, you know, your, all your stress mm-hmm. just pours that in. Reality, I'm the one that's put that on myself. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to be in control of that. Mm-hmm. Like let it go. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's gonna be fine. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. But in my head, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I that every day. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's overcoming. You know, things like that. Like looking at yourself, understanding what you need to change mm-hmm. in yourself as a self reflection. And then putting action towards it. I mean, to mm-hmm. me, that's a big stepping out of your comfort zone because that's a lot of changing that you have to do there. It is. Well, look how long how long have we been on this journey? It's been two years, right? Because it was two summers ago. I think August. I yeah, remember it was still correctly. Hot when we started. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we are right at two years of, and there has been a lot of growth take place in two years a in lot this of room. Change. A lot of growth and a lot of change, and not just in us, but in our families. Absolutely. I feel like stepping into that at first, like, I obviously have the control issue like you do, but I didn't know that I had that issue. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there were several things that were that God revealed to me about myself at that point where I needed to lay this down and I needed to lay this down, and it's still something I struggle with, but I feel like I can see it, or I can see how I'm burning down my own house over here exactly. instead of letting it go, it's going to be okay, mm-hmm. and, you know, having a loving heart towards it instead of being controlling, a control freak. Or washing those feet. Yes, yes. washing feet. <laughs> it's a real struggle, especially when you have to start looking at yourself. Like, that in itself is a comfort zone. Like, how do you think that you are, and then God revealing to you the things that you need to change? You talk about step out of your comfort zone and want to start changing things like that. Like, it's uncomfortable. Like, it almost makes you irritable. Like, I don't want to change this. Why do I not even want to change this? You know, like, why is it always you change them over there first? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't tell you. It's not how that works. It almost so. makes you defensive. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm like, there's uh-huh. nothing wrong with me. Maybe it's you that's the problem, and it's not. Like, that in itself is a comfort zone. Yeah. You get comfortable with how you are, how you think, how you do things. In reality, you need to take a step back because you're probably crushing your family, your relationships, mm-hmm. whatever it is over here right? because of your comfort zone. I, yeah. I can say that I was. I know I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and it was not revealed to me that that was my ugly that I needed to let go of until we were standing that night at the Tiki Torches. Until you said, we gotta, we're gotta, we each going to let go of something. I didn't know what my thing was. He smooth put it on my heart. like the, I saw the word. Yeah. I didn't know. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. It's like stepping into the Bible study. I had no idea. Oh, I could do the wrong. You know, like, you, yeah, you think that. Yes, obviously, I could be wrong, but... <laughs> It's like you, you were like blinded to that issue. Yeah. It's like um, several years back, wanting talking about one change, one change in your husband and how how life is like waking up every morning and praying specifically for these changes, and then getting mad because the changes aren't happening, and you're constantly. You know, mm-hmm. fighting with God. Like here I am. I'm doing everything He asked me to do. I'm going to church. I'm, I'm a faithful wife, I'm a good mother, I attend to the home, like he literally has to do nothing, and here we are, you know, he's still doing this, and I'm over here, and you know, just complaining, and then God turned around and telling you, you're right, he does do these things, but I'm fixing to lay down something, everything that you lay down about him, I'm fixing to lay down too about you, mm-hmm. and what, talk about a slap yeah. in the face, and I was like, that is not even nice right now, like, <laughs> you? you know, yeah, you do go to church. But you're also constantly complaining. Your heart complains all the time. You're ungrateful. You are, you know, just starts laying down all these things that you're tearing your house apart and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just it. I did it. I had a view of what I thought needed to be done, but I didn't see it how God wanted it done. Mm-hmm. I just had the view of how I read it and how I thought the church wanted it. It's not it at all. Like God calls you, if you're going to do this, you can do it wholeheartedly and how I want it done. Mm-hmm. So then you got to go back and you got to change. You know, and that just, yeah. So it's, it's a lot. It's uncomfortable. It's miserable at first until you accept the fact that you have to change those things. And man, mm-hmm. it just falls after that. Yes. Stepping out of comfort zone is not a pretty thing. It's not a pretty journey a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It feels really nice at the end. It does. <laughs> but it's not, it doesn't feel nice to start with. 